Coming up, what an excellent day for the devil. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 85 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins right after Carl says... (laughs) What? (laughs) Sorry, madam, sorry. It... <laughs> Carl, take the marbles out of your mouth. Sorry, madam. Sorry, 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 sorry. It, right after Carl says, it wants no straps. And then ends with Kara saying, show me Reagan. I'll loosen one of the straps. Yes, folks. This is it. This is the moment you bought your tickets for. Keenan, mm-hmm. you remember the tickets, right? Oh. Uh... <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Oh, okay. okay. You're here now, folks. <laughs> and I think the best way to kick this off is with another reading. This one's a doozy, folks. You've heard of not suitable for work. Well, this is not suitable for work. It's not suitable for home. It's not suitable for your car. It's not suitable for it's not suitable for you to listen to. Just turn this off right now. <laughs> well, I'll I'll give a preemptive yeesh. Yeah, yeah. Like like have your have your yeeshes ready, folks. Yeah. Okay, here we go. A reading from the book of Blatty. He approached the house with her in silence, with, with a lingering sense, sense of unreality. With thoughts of the next day's lecture at the Georgetown Medical School, he had yet to prepare his notes. They climbed the front step. Karis glanced down the street at the Jesuit residence hall and realized he would now miss dinner. It was ten before six. He looked at Chris as she slipped the key in the lock. She hesitated, turned to him. Father, do you think you should wear your priest clothes? The voice, how childlike it was, how naive. Too dangerous, he told her. She nodded and started opening the door, and it was then that Karis felt it, a chill, tugging warning. It scraped through his bloodstream like particles of ice. Father Karis? He looked up. Chris had entered. She was holding the door. For a hesitant moment, he stood unmoving. Then, abruptly, he went forward, stepping into the house with an odd sense of ending. Karis heard commotion upstairs, a deep, booming voice that was thundering obscenities, threatening in anger, in hate, in frustration. Karis glanced at Chris. She was staring at him mutely. Then she moved on ahead. He followed her upstairs and along the hall to Reagan's bedroom, where Carl leaned against the wall just opposite her door, his head sagging low over folded arms. As the servant looked slowly up at Chris, Karis saw bafflement and fright in his eyes. The voice from the bedroom, this close, was so loud that it almost seemed amplified electronically. It wants no straps still, Carl told Chris in an awed, cracking voice. I'll be back in a second, Father, Chris told the priest dully. Karis watched her walk down the hall and into her own bedroom. Then he glanced at Carl. The Swiss was looking at him fixedly. You are a priest? Carl asked. Karis nodded, then looked quickly back to the door of Reagan's room. The raging voice had been displaced by the long, strident lowing of some animal that might have been a steer, something prodding at his hand. He looked down. That's her, Chris was saying. That's Reagan. She was giving him a photograph. He took it. Young girl. Very pretty. Sweet smile. That was taken four months ago, Chris said numbly. 
She took back the photo and motioned with her head at the bedroom door. Now you go and take a look at her now. She leaned against the wall beside Carl. I'll wait here. Who's in there with her? Karis asked her. No one. He held her steady gaze and then turned with a frown to the bedroom door. As he grasped the doorknob, the sounds from within ceased abruptly. In the ticking silence, Karis hesitated, then entered the room slowly, almost flinching backward at the pungent stench of moldering excrement that hit him in the face like a palpable blast. Quickly reining back his revulsion, he closed the door. Then his eyes locked, stunned, on the thing that was Reagan, on the creature that was lying on its back in the bed, head propped against a pillow, while eyes bulging wide in their hollow sockets shone with mad cunning and burning intelligence with interest and with spite, as they fixed upon his, as they watched him intently, seething in a face shaped into a skeletal hideous mask of mind-bending malevolence. Karis shifted his gaze to the tangled, thickly matted hair, to the wasted arms and legs, the distended stomach jutting up so grotesquely, then back to the eyes. They were watching him, pinning him, shifting now to follow as he moved to a desk and chair near the window. Hello, Reagan, said the priest in a warm, friendly tone. He picked up the chair and took it over by the bed. I'm a friend of your mother's. She tells me that you haven't been feeling too well. He sat down. Do you think you'd like to tell me what's wrong? I'd like to help you. The eyes gleamed fiercely, unblinking, and a yellowish saliva dripped down from a corner of her mouth to her chin. Then her lips stretched taut into a feral grin, into bow-mouthed mockery. Well, well, well gloated Reagan sardonically, and hairs prickled on the back of Karis's neck, for the voice was an impossibly deep bass, thick with menace and power. So it's you. They sent you. Well, we've nothing to fear from you at all. Yes, that's right. I'm your friend. I'd like to help, said Karis. You might loosen these straps then, Reagan croaked. She had tugged up her wrists so that now Karis noticed that they were bound with a double set of restraining straps. Are they uncomfortable for you? he asked her. Extremely. They're a nuisance. An infernal nuisance. The eyes glinted slyly with secret amusement. Karis saw the scratch marks on her face, the cuts on her lips where apparently she'd bitten them. I'm afraid you might hurt yourself, Regan. I'm not Regan, she rumbled still with the hideous grin that now seemed to Karis to be her permanent expression, how incongruous the braces on her teeth looked, he reflected. Oh, I see. Well then, maybe we should introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Karis, said the priest. Who are you? I'm the devil. Ah, good. Very good, Karis nodded approvingly. Now we can talk. Mmm, a little chat. If you like. Very good for the soul. However, you will find that I cannot talk freely while bound with these straps. I'm accustomed to gesturing, Reagan drooled. As you know, I've spent much of my time in Rome, dear Karis. Now, kindly undo the straps. What precocity of language and thought, mused Karis. He leaned forward in his chair with professional interest. You say you're the devil, he asked. I assure you. Then why don't you just make the straps disappear? Hmm, that's much too vulgar a display of power, Karis. Too crude. After all, I'm a prince. <laughs> a chuckle. I much prefer persuasion, Karis. Togetherness, community involvement. 
Moreover, if I loosen the straps myself, my friend, I deny you the opportunity of performing a charitable act. But a charitable act, said Karis, is a virtue, and that's what the devil would want to prevent. So, in fact, I'd be helping you now if I didn't undo the straps. Unless, of course, he shrugged. You're really not the devil. And in that case, perhaps I would undo the straps. <laughs> How very foxy of you, Karis. If only dear Herod were here to enjoy this. Which Herod? asked Karis with narrowed eyes. Was she punning on Christ's calling Herod that fox? There are two. Are you talking about the king of Judea? The Tetrarch of Galilee! She blasted him with anger and scorching contempt. Then abruptly she was grinning again, cajoling in that sinister voice. There now, you see how these damnable straps have upset me? Undo them, undo them, and I'll tell your future. Oh, very tempting. <sighs> My forte. But then how do I know that you can read the future? I'm the devil. Yes, you say so, but you won't give me proof. You have no faith. Karis stiffened. In what? <laughs> in me, dear Karis, in me. Something mocking and malicious danced hidden in those eyes. All these proofs, all these signs in the sky. Well, now, something very simple might do, offered Karis. For example, the devil knows everything, correct? No, almost everything, Karis, almost. You see, they keep saying that I'm proud. I'm not. Now then, what are you up to, fox? The yellowed bloodshot eyes gleamed craftily. I thought we would test the extent of your knowledge. Ah, yes. The largest lake in South America, japed Reagan, eyes bulging with glee, is Lake Titicaca in Peru. Will that do it? No, I'll have to ask something only the devil would know. For example, where is Reagan? Do you know? She is here. Where is here? In the pig. Let me see her. Why? Why, to prove that you're telling me the truth. Do you want to fuck her? Loose the straps and I'll let you go at it. Let me see her. She's a poor conversationalist, my friend. I strongly advise you to stay with me. Well, it's obvious you don't know where she is, Garish shrugged, so apparently you aren't the devil. I am! Reagan bellowed with a sudden jerk forward, her face contorting with rage. Karis shivered as the massive, terrifying voice boomed, crackling off the walls of the room. I am! Well, then let me see Reagan, said Karis. That would prove it. I will show you. I will read your mind, it seethed furiously. Think of a number between one and ten. No, that wouldn't prove a thing. I would have to see Reagan. Abruptly, it chuckled, leaning back against the headboard. <laughs> No, nothing would prove anything at all to you, Karis. How splendid. How splendid indeed. In the meantime, we shall try to keep you properly beguiled. After all, now, we wouldn't wish to lose you. Who is we? Karis probed with alert, quick interest. Hmm, we are quite a little group in the piglet, it said, nodding. Ah, yes, quite a stunning little multitude. Later I may see about discreet introductions. In the meantime, I am suffering from a maddening itch that I cannot reach. Would you loosen one strap for a moment, Karis? No, just tell me where it itches and I'll scratch it. <laughs> sly, very sly. Show me Reagan and perhaps I'll undo one strap.
And yeah. And that is just the beginning of a very compelling conversation. Folks, as you know, I really do love this book, and this scene is one of my favorites. And I've been waiting for the chance for Keenan to hear it as well, and now he has Keenan. I, I know we've only just started this scene in the book, mm-hmm. but already we can see it's a little different from how our scene in the movie plays out. Um, while not comparing it just yet, um, I know that I know that might be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of this uh, this first meeting between Karis and Captain Howdy? Very compelling. This is a really uh, interesting character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's sort of he's very intellectual, right? This idea of like, oh, uh, he, he's quoting, um, uh, maybe even punning, right? Not only does he know who King Herod is, but no, mm-hmm. no, you know, deep cuts, as the kids would say, right? <laughs> yes, <that's, laughs> yes, Captain Howdy is offering up some 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 really deep cuts. Yeah, yeah. that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things for me. Um, in this scene, Captain Howdy is a character, right? Mm-hmm. He, he is a separate character, and this is his big reveal, right? As we've in got, separate from Reagan. Yes, as in yes. separate from Reagan. Yeah, right? Um, we've gotten hints of him, little flashes, right? Other people talking about him, right? Captain Howdy is doing this. Captain Howdy is doing that, right? He has adopted this, this menacing presence, and we have been waiting for him to arrive. Uh, the hypnotism the hypnotism scene was like just this little teaser, this little wink of what's to come. Blatty is building him up for when we finally meet him, and now he is here, right? We know he's bad news. We know he's scary. He's already scared us to the point where we do not want to enter that room, mm-hmm. but we do and we meet him, and he talks to us, and he's charming. Mm-hmm. He's he's disarmingly cordial. He makes puns, like you said, Keenan. Um, he's incredibly cruel, right? All the, <laughs> all the things that he's saying, but the way he says them is how I imagine the devil or or a devil mm-hmm. would say them. Again, folks, I'm reminded of um. Oh, wait, you, you were going to say something? Oh, no, just like it's more like Mephistopheles, right? It's, it's, yes. It feels very, um, what's the word, erudite, right? Very urbane, yeah. Mm, yeah, again. Sophisticated. Yes, very sophisticated, yeah. Again, and and that's something that that Karis um, notes, right? He says, like, like what precocity of language, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't Reagan McNeil talking. Right. Right, saying these words, right? Um and yeah, I'm thinking again, about you and your story that you told us about wearing your devil costume and talking to your mom about heaven, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, and you know, I'm sure you were a very precocious young child, right, and very oh, bright. Oh, but yeah, no, but 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 it's still like, can I wear my devil costume in heaven, <laughs> right? That that's a child's uh, interpretation of these bigger issues, right? Right. We don't have that here with Reagan, no, or you know, no, Reagan no. seems to be gone. Yeah, we don't have that at all, Keenan. Mm-hmm. Again, folks, I am reminded of Clarice Starling and her villain, right, mm-hmm. Doctor. Hannibal Lecter and how in that story they did such a good job of building him up before we see him Mm -hmm. and then we meet him and the first thing he says right we're so scared we're shaking in our boots we're walking down that hallway right and then we see him and the first thing he says is good morning Mm -hmm. right in this in this very like friendly very conversational way as if as if the two characters are not separated by a pane of uh, protective glass right Mm-hmm. And and that's, I think, one thing about these meetings is that the conversation doesn't seem to match the environment, right? It could be in a coffee shop 
or a, a, like over a card table or, mm-hmm. or a chessboard, yeah. right? In, for- a, in a salon, right? They're having like philosophical, artistic thoughts about, yeah, art yeah. and religion, yeah. You you forget about that pane of glass, right? Which, mm-hmm. which makes which makes it all the more scary when they remind <laughs> you, right? And and you forget that Reagan is tied up to the bed, even though Captain Howdy calls attention to it several times, right? Mm-hmm. It's not as big in our minds as what's going on in the conversation. And and what's going on? Karis is meeting his match. We thought that was happening when he met Kinderman mm-hmm. or when he met Chris. Remember, we talked about like um, fencing matches and mm-hmm. tennis matches, right? But but this this right here, folks, this is a match. This is an opponent that Karis has been avoiding, right? We talked before about how in those other two meetings, Karis saw a part of himself reflected back at him, right? With Kinderman and also with, Car- uh, with, uh, with Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Here too, in meeting Captain Howdy, he sees a part of himself, but this is the part that is absolutely terrifying to him right mm-hmm. he is he is repulsed and he is repelled by this right from the moment he steps into that room it's as though captain howdy knows him yeah that you know again a little bit different from the movie where mm. it it is ambiguous enough in the movie version right because uh Karis can kind of say like oh well you're you're guessing luckily at Right, right, like, like about oh, your mother, et cetera. Well, you know, pretty good shot that my mother might be passed away or whatever. But here, Mm -hmm. like, like you, you know what your problem is, right? (laughs) You know what your problem is. I'll tell you right off the bat. You don't believe in anything. It's like, oh God. Like, um, John Mulaney talks about in his stand-up how kids find insults that are accurate, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? So they know how to really hurt. He was like, right, that high-waisted man. He goes, oh no, that's the thing I'm afraid (laughs) of. I don't notice that. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm insecure about. Right, insecure exactly. about right? and then yeah. He runs away. <laughs> yeah, kids, kids. Go. Again, folks, this house and mm-hmm. first impressions. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> you see. <laughs> He goes in there. Oh my god! But yeah, but yeah. This this Captain Howdy in the in the book is getting right to it, right? Like, yeah. Like yeah. um yeah. I'm gonna tell you the devil, and I'm sure you have thoughts about that, like why he might be doing that when he's mm-hmm. not the devil, right? Um, but like yeah, I'm gonna get right into it. Like I know I know who you are. Like right. Yeah. Ooh, and that is that is one of my favorite tropes. And mm-hmm. and yeah, like just just a just a uh a, a piggy piggyback off of that, right? Like mm-hmm. like. Having never met him, mm-hmm. right? Captain Howdy knows all of his fears, right? All mm-hmm. of his doubts, all of his insecurities, all his baggage, everything that we have come to know about Karis, which we have learned over the span of half a year, folks. Yes, mm-hmm. we, have been, we have been doing it that long, right? Mm-hmm. Captain Howdy knows instantly. And that's another thing I love to see in these stories about angels and demons, right? When they seem to know all these little details about you, stuff that you never told anyone, stuff maybe that you never even admitted to yourself, mm-hmm. right? I think I likened Captain Howdy before to um, Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life, right? Oh, and, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and also um, to uh, uh, one of like Scrooge's three ghosts, mm-hmm. right? Right. Mm-hmm. And even for like an angel or a benevolent spirit, spirit to know you intimately, that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But for a demon, for a spirit that intends you harm, that's that's another level right there. That's really scary. And it's scary because as humans, one of our deepest desires is to be understood, 
right? Like if we boil it all the way down, that might be the only desire we have, right? Like that's that's why I love the the uh, Christmas Carol story so mm-hmm. much, right? Because the ghosts in that story know Scrooge through and through, right? Mm-hmm. They see him and they understand him in a way that nobody else does. Right. And all of them, right? All of them, even the scary ones like Future are trying to help him, right? To that same degree, Karis is being seen by Howdy. Right. And, and that is not a good thing. <laughs> In fact, the very first thing that Howdy says, the only thing he needs to say is, well, 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 so it's you. <laughs> and that is enough to shake Karis because if being seen and accepted is our greatest desire, then to be equally seen and dismissed mm-hmm. might be our greatest fear. For someone to look into our soul and say, oh, it's just you, <laughs> is is something beyond even the primal level. That's an attack on our soul. Now, right? that might be, you know, saying like, oh, he seems to really know Karis. But like mm-hmm. that might, that that line, the, oh, it's you, that might work on anybody, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that yes. might be one of those insults is like universal. Yes. Um, like my friend Cody LaBeouf was trying to figure out universal insults. Like you can mm-hmm. go up to a party or something and, and be like, hey, you seem like the type of person who everything you touch turns to shit. Ooh. And like every, I think he was like, I think everybody in the world would be like, oh no, that's, that's me. Like, Ooh. are there people who really like go around not thinking that, right? I think it's a real yeah. human insecurity. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> I completely agree with you, Keenan. Um, and I think, I think Captain Howdy knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely read the, you know, how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'm just going to do the exact opposite of all of these things. <laughs> right. I I see you. I yes. don't think much of you. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's even like I heard somewhere. It's I. I, I think it's called like the you nightmare, oh. um, where it's like you have you have a dream, and this is yeah. You're absolutely right, Keenan. There, like everybody has this has this like like almost like like below lizard brain yeah. fear of of like you know you meeting someone maybe like you know your your closest loved one or a celebrity or someone that you admire and them turning to you at a at a party or something like that and just getting this look on their face like ew <laughs> you and they call it like I forget I forget who coined it but they call it like the you nightmare oh, and it's just God. like just think think of the most important person to you and and like they turn to you and be like, Ugh. like, <laughs> and that I think I, like, like touches us deeply. It's like something that, again, it's like that, what, what you call it, like the Maslow's hierarchy of human needs uh-huh, or whatever. Right. right. You know, and like at, at the, at the very core of that is just to be, to be seen and accepted. And it's jarring because usually anybody who does know you that intimately who knows all of your flaws and all of your warts and everything mm-hmm. like that is going to, you know, be in your life in, in some like loving capacity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for, for Captain Howdy to just like be that close and just be like, Ugh. that might be another one of those, you know, I have to tell my friend Cody, another like universal insult, you don't have to know anybody, but, but to be like, I think everyone's just pretending to like you. Right. <laughs> like that, like that's a fear. I think everybody has, right. Like, Oh, oh no. <laughs> Like I, I don't know. I think I think I think they just are faking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they love you. Sure, That's, they love you. They lo- yeah, but I don't yeah, know if they yeah. like you. But right. you're... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you see that? You know, you see like as you walked away. You know, they were talking and they laughed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were laughing at you. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, you see that? You see that that random cluster of strangers over there, and they're talking and they're laughing, and you've never met them and you've never seen them before in your entire life. Yeah, they're laughing at you. Right. 
Right? Oh yeah. Stop it, Captain Howdy. God. That's that must be a uniquely human. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that like like apes are like oh they're they're la-, you know suit suit is laughing at us yeah. <laughs> at you in the corner like Ooh. oh no suit suit why <laughs> suits w- suit suit what I, I imagine that's what gorillas call each other <laughs> oh okay suit 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 <laughs> I was like what is this? like yeah um just making up like, gorilla names Kiyoki gotcha. and then suit suit and, and suit suit yeah you know. <laughs> I was going to say hmm? Cornelius. Well, no, that's a chimpanzee. <laughs> He's a oh chimpanzee. My God. <laughs> you see, folks, I just, I just, you know. Some apes, it seems, are more equal than others. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten all the, all the gorilla names, right? I don't remember, I don't think I've ever known any general whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. They're all they're, they're the military, right? Yeah. They are the pretty interchangeable, right? Like Dr. Mm-hmm. Zayas has as a personality distinct from the yes. orangutans, but mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. General so, what's his name? <laughs> general something. Yeah. General Gorilla. <laughs> You're just a general gorilla. <laughs> Different from specific gorilla. Right. Yeah. He's not not specific. Yeah. <laughs> in a general sort of way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so, now, okay, so back to, back to this, back to this villain, guys, back to this mm-hmm, Captain mm-hmm. Howdy. Now, I mentioned Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for almost the entire movie, he, Hannibal Lecter, is behind glass or mm-hmm. bars or, or strapped to a gurney right. in a, uh, in a straitjacket with a muzzle, right? And yet, probably the scariest moment is when Clarice allows him to analyze her, mm-hmm. right? His physical restraints don't matter. Right. Right. Keenan, I went back and I watched that scene. Mm. He's in that, he's in that big cage in the middle of the room. Right. But during that scene, the camera is so close on both of their faces. You don't even see the bars. The cage is effectively gone. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And Keenan, like bringing it back here, mm-hmm. right. To, to Reagan being tied to the bed, mm-hmm. those straps mean nothing at all. Right. Captain Howdy even kind of like indicates them. He's like, oh, undo these straps, right? Oh, my nose itches, right? He's joking about it, right? Yeah, it's not about actually free. It's whether it's whether he can get Damien to accede to his his orders, essentially. Yes, right? like, can this, he, is, this he is. Trick you into, into getting the straps off. That's more important than whether you're free or not. Right. And I love that little explanation, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, because we get it in the movie. It's That's much too vulgar a display of power. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, oh, I much prefer community involvement, right? Mm-hmm. He's being sassy here. Yeah. In the movie, I'm not sure I believe it, right? In the movie, I don't think we're supposed to believe it. That that. But then in the book, as you're reading it, right, like maybe we don't believe it. But then he's able to convince me pretty well that it's, mm-hmm. okay, this is not really about whether I can get the straps off. This is about whether I can get you to take the straps off. Yes. Right. Ah. Yeah. And oh, and folks like Hannibal Lecter, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, we got some quid pro quo here, right? <laughs> Howdy is asking Karis to undo the straps. Mm-hmm. Karis allows that he might if he can see Reagan or if he can get some proof that Howdy really is the devil. Mm-hmm. And Howdy turns that into a joke, right? He did, you know, the Lake Titicaca and, you know, pick a number between one and ten, right? Mm-hmm. He, he makes Karis's request into a joke and then he laughs at Karis. And says, no, nothing would prove anything at all to you. Again, exactly. getting him. Just mm. get twisting that knife, right? Like, <laughs> And before that, my favorite line in this scene, in the book, Howdy cuts him at his core. He says, you have no faith. <laughs> and Kar- he says it just kind of like, you know, nonchalantly. Right. And Karis, he, he, he jerks. He's like, he's, mm. he was like, like shocked or, or touched with a hot iron. And he's mm-hmm. like, what? And, and Howdy says, in me, dear Karis, <laughs> in me, right? He's having so much fun with Karis right here yeah yeah 
So yeah, and we're talking about Hannibal Lecter, which I think is um, interesting. You called him the villain, which I think I would I would disagree right. with, and that some mm-hmm. people would would be very adamantly disagreeing with you about yes. that. Yes, like he yes. is he is a monster, right? Mm-hmm. But th- but we like him, and yeah. he does terrible things. Some of them are innocent people, like uh, mm-hmm. the poor guy whose face he steals, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there but there's all these ways that we get to you know how we get audience on the side of despicable characters Mm. some of it is like proximity like how much time we spend in them certainly how we shoot them like how how you know basically we have close-ups and we're empathizing with that person no matter what we'll we'll start to like them but like Mm -hmm. just from a writing standpoint there's there's the idea of like well um hannibal lecter does the first terrible thing he does is to miggs who is worse in a lot of ways, right? Because Miggs, yes. Miggs sexually assaulted assaults yeah. Clarice, right? And it's yeah. terrible, right? So mm-hmm. then the first thing we really see him doing is making Miggs um, swallow his own tongue, right? Right, right. And then well, the, we don't see. We, we hear no, about right, it. No, right. We, we hear about it. Yeah, that's another thing, right? That hides that. Um, you know, that keeps us from being like, oh, that's really terrible. But, mm-hmm. um, but you know, he's also really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that, about competence, about how we like even competent monsters. They, t- they mm-hmm. start to be our friends, right? So, like, in the book version of this howdy he's really good at what he's doing here mm-hmm. in the movie version of this of this pared down scene with this howdy he's not particularly good at at you know this this conversation right we feel mm. like there's more dead ends here right yeah. yeah um and and yeah actually this is a this is a perfect uh, uh place i think to transition mm-hmm. from book to movie folks <laughs> Like like Hannibal Lecter, like Howdy. Mm-hmm. I was having too much fun with this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we like Hannibal Lecter, right? Because he's good yes. at his, he's witty, he's good at his job there, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever get to like Captain Howdy in the movie necessarily. It's a, yeah, it's um, I, I like I like Captain Howdy when he's the Ouija board spirit, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Not necessarily when he's he's this guy. This is a monster. This thing, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, so but yeah, let's get into it, mm-hmm, folks. Mm-hmm. Like like. <laughs> This is you. You are lucky today because we we basically get to do this twice. Because <laughs> now now we're back outside, right? Mm-hmm. We're in the hall with with Chris and Carl in the movie right? version. Carl, yeah. In the movie version, right? Carl has just said. <laughs> <laughs> It wants no straps. It wants mousetraps. Mousetrap. Willie and I have been playing mousetrap, and I won. Yes. Carl, how did nobody wins mousetrap? (laughs) (laughs) How'd you even find the pieces? They're all over the place. That's another thing with that. With that. 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 That that game haunts you. Once it's done, it's more. Uh, insidious and haunting than a Ouija board <laughs> because you just every now and then you're, you go into the drawers or you mm. go into like you know the attic or the basement and you're just like moving stuff around and oh here's a here's that little diving man or whatever you know <laughs> to that game where that I'll never play again but is is just like reminding me of its existence everywhere I turn right? <laughs> it's mousetrap the game of putting things away very carefully <laughs> from Hasbro <laughs> Hey, <laughs> once the um, once the owner of the Ouija board, has uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I think a little bit of that rubbed off. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but okay, <laughs> we know what Carl says is it wants no straps. Mm-hmm. And folks, look at Chris here. Look at what Ellen Burstyn is doing. Mm-hmm. Chris is done. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost as if she is shut off like like she like she finally ran out of battery mm-hmm. like she's she's a toy and her battery just like bleh, 
and it's dead, right? right? And she's just frozen in place, right? She is standing at the top of those stairs, hand on the banister, looking down. There is nothing, no reaction to what Carl said. She is done. But surprisingly, it doesn't strike me as sad. I think I said in the last minute that it's like she was waiting for Karis to catch her and for all of her fighting to be heard, all her struggles to be uh, taken seriously, to be seen. Mm -hmm. And now she can finally rest and catch her breath, Mm -hmm. right? The burden has been transferred. And in this moment, I was like, oh, thank God, Chris, Mm -hmm. you can just hang back and let Karis deal with this. Let him go in there and see what there is to see. Mm -hmm. You did it, girl. You got him here. I'm not, I'm not even joking. If she just turned around and went into her own bedroom, which, which is open and close the door. I'd be like, yes, sleep, recharge. Let someone else deal with this for once. Yes. She goes in there and she closes the door and she looks at that mirror that she had Willie put up and she just combs her hair in the mirror a thousand strokes on each side. And you're a pretty Mm -hmm. girl, pretty girl, Chris. Oh God. Oh God. We're painting a different picture here. I think that it is, it's really interesting to see Carl refer to her daughter as it. Right. And to have no reaction. I don't think that necessarily that Chris is referring to her daughter as it. Mm. Right. I understand why Carl says that's not Reagan, right? Right. Yeah. That's what he's, yeah. Yeah. So, but it is, I think it's also interesting, you know, in 2023 when we're recording this to be, you mm-hmm. know, all, all the debates about, about pronouns, right? And, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. people not wanting to call people the pronouns they want. And they often, you know, very, sometimes they're trying to be funny when it's not funny, right? They'll say like, right. oh, it for a trans person or non-binary yeah. person. And it's so incredibly, it's so incredibly dehumanizing. Right. right. Um, and I think that we sort of see that here. Like that's Carl's way of of dehumanizing mm-hmm. Captain Howdy Reagan in there because he can't. Right. How, how can he, right, take this little girl that he has been raising, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then like strap her in these ways, right? And like, right, right. And, and yeah, take away all the, you know, all the pointy stuff in there. And mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. And so who knows what Carl thinks is happening here. Who is Damien, right? Like this is a hitman, or he's going to euthanize it, right? Or something. Who knows what he's thinking? Yeah. And folks, I mean, you know, with, with my little bit of extra book knowledge Mm -hmm. and I think, and I think also just from, um, you know, um, what we were able to glean from the movie Mm -hmm. so far, right. I think we can both safely say, we think that, that Carl, um, you know, is loving towards Reagan, 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 right. Right. So this is his way of, I, I almost want to say this is this this is not meant as any disrespect to Reagan, no. but rather like, and not even neutral, but rather the opposite. Like he's going all the other way to the end of uh, you know, the other end of uh, of things. He's he's trying to he's trying to divide them in right. his own mind. Mm-hmm. He's saying like I'm I'm not even going to say she because that would be disrespecting. Reagan. Right. And we are we are not battling Reagan. We are battling the disease or the illness right. or or I don't know. I don't know again whether Carl Whatever the hell he thinks it is. Carl yeah. thinks there's a demon in her or whatever, mm. but it's like the, the illness, right? The right. this this thing, that's what we're battling. Right, right. And that's the thing that wants no straps. That's the thing that requires straps. Reagan herself. Right. right. Reagan would not- wouldn't need that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 my point, yeah, just and Chris is just, you know. She is. She's so tired. She has to. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, yeah. I'm assuming, you know, because you know, usually we reserve these things for on camera, these big moments. Like this is mm-hmm. now. This is now this man referring to her daughter in as it, right? Right. And she doesn't. Ha- so we're assuming it's the first time it's happened, and mm-hmm. you know, it is just not anything that she has any energy to 
respond right, to. Right. <laughs> right. And we don't like we could. I mean, I mean again, in the um, I guess the uh, the 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 diagesis, the di- di- the di- diagesis. Diegesis yeah. of, of the of the film, we can we can we can play out in our minds like okay, maybe this is like an unspoken rule. Maybe Sharon right. and Willie and 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 Carl and Chris mm-hmm. are, are when whenever Reagan does bad things, they say it, um, and, and you know just to kind of like preserve the memory of Reagan. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's just Carl's like insistence of, of not wanting to associate Reagan with this thing. We don't know, right? But um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Keenan. I like you would think. That it, yeah, if this were the first time, mm-hmm. Chris would you know she would her she would look up. She'd be like, "It, right. Carl, it." But like, you know, there's other things to think about right yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we don't have we don't have children, but can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Like, so think about your parents or your your your, your spouse or whatever. And it's like mm-hmm. having somebody say like it. I once oh, referred yeah. to my mother, to my dad, as your wife. <laughs> when, I, when I was a little mad at my mother, and there was like mm-hmm. a party or something, and she <laughs> said, blah, 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 blah. and I went over, and I was like, your wife is asking for you. <laughs> and, she, and he was like, whoa, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that, that folks, right? right. Like, like uh, and, and, and you remember that. Oh, know, yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> But just you know, I, I obviously I don't remember. I don't even remember what the disagreement was about. But obviously, mm-hmm. I thought I was right in that moment. But now I see like mm-hmm. that is not cool at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yeah, cool. folks. So so yeah, so yeah, just using that that word it, mm-hmm. right? It wants no straps. Right? Oof. Um, yeah, maybe she didn't look up because she just didn't understand what Carl was saying. Right. Like we couldn't. It's like it's a good right. thing he's got he's got marbles. Yes, in his neck, Carl. You know? That's right, Carl. <laughs> yep, yep. Mouse traps. Yes, Carl. <laughs> but no. <laughs> okay. So so we're back here. Chris is frozen in place. Same with Carl. Actually, mm-hmm. the only movement is by Karis, who crosses behind Chris, goes up the steps, down the hall. The camera turns and follows him as he goes. We're still over Carl's shoulder, so we might think, ah, we're mimicking uh, Carl's head turning, Mm -hmm. except that we keep turning long after Carl would be able to turn his head, and we realize we can't be Carl, or his head would be... (laughs) All the way around. Um... Yeah, we, we follow Karis right up to that door. Um, throughout this minute, we have been hearing that low, labored, raspy breathing, right? Karis approaches the door in much the same way that uh, Sharon had done earlier, right? right? Placing, mm-hmm. placing his whole body, all of his weight on it, right? We get a cut. It clicks open. And for just a moment, we see... The thing in the bed. Yeah, this is from Karis's point of view, and, and right. so we get to experience it with him. And yeah, and before we can get a good look, our camera cuts back, but it's too late. Our eyes saw what they saw. Our brain caught that image. Mm-hmm. That was not Reagan. And now we're like, like we're Karis thinking back. It's like, oh, oh, it. Right. Yeah. Got it. Right. We cut back to Karis to get his reaction. Right now he's in the room. And then another cut, and there it is in the bed. This is the reveal. This is the centerpiece of the movie. Mm-hmm. There, there is so much going on here. Keenan, help me out. Like, what are we looking at it's, right here? Yeah, it's interesting how much we, we don't 
quite have enough time to track this yet, but mm-hmm. Carl and Willie and Sharon have been removing any sort of like decoration in this room, right? Mm-hmm. Later on, we'll see some pillows that they've saved there over on the bay window, but right, all right. of the color is really gone from the from the space. It's all this mm-hmm. neutral. So all the color that we get is um, Reagan's uh, famous blue nighty, mm-hmm. and then her really unfortunately red face from you know yeah. this this purplish uh, transformation that's going on with these huge scars and mm-hmm. and a, a, a splash of green. We don't understand what it is yet, this green vomit mm. that we'll see later right. on, right? And she's pretty mm. close to center punch in the frame and just staring directly at the camera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is it, mm-hmm. folks. This this is the iconic exorcist face. Yeah. This is the face of the movie. And, and what I love is how casually mm-hmm. it's introduced – like another movie in the 70s, hell, another movie today would go full phantom mm-hmm. where like w- like there's like this flashy reveal and a music sting, mm-hmm. right? There's no mask, but like her head would be turned away and then she looks at him as he enters the room or, or okay, they might uh, uh, light the room in a way that her face is in the shadows, right? Yeah. Like, feeble light from the moon or maybe a small lamp splashes onto the bed or 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 one of the lamps is kind of half unplugged and it kind of like flickers (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and then we see her face yeah yeah right right (laughs) but like before that like her face is just is Mm -hmm. just out of of the light and at some maybe you can see the eyes right but like (laughs) and at some point right she like before she says something really dramatic, right? right? She leans forward (laughs) and there's a music sting (laughs) right Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> you said full starts, phantom. Yeah. I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> she just starts humming that. Right. No. Um, but no, like, nope, none of that. Right. She's she's like none of none of that big reveal stuff, none of that like like uh fanfare or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. She's just there. Mm-hmm. And that is so effective. If if you do it another way it almost feels too theatrical right, right? Mm-hmm. like her like her face doesn't exist until she showed it right mm-hmm. or or like she wasn't in the room until he opened the door right this, okay this sounds silly but um i remember once playing a video game and i got to the door that led to the final boss mm-hmm. right and our friend ian was there and i remember saying something like behind that door is my greatest challenge or something stupid like that right mm-hmm. you know and and he said no it's not that room doesn't exist. The, <laughs> the boss is just a, a bunch of uh, ones and zeros until you enter the room. Mm. Yeah. Our buddy's really good at killing joy, <laughs> isn't he? He's the man who killed Santa, after all. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, like, and I think, like, if they paid any attention to her reveal, it would feel, or any more attention, let's yeah. say, it would feel like that. Like if, if this were a game, right? The Exorcist, the video game, right? Mm-hmm. Karis stepping through the door would like activate a, a cutscene, mm-hmm. and, and you would hear something like, welcome Karis, you've made it this far, but here is where you die. <laughs> and then, and then you see the face and then there's like a pause mm-hmm. when the game loads back up again. <laughs> and now you're fighting and she's spitting green stuff and she's levitating, blah, blah, blah. Right? Oh, you yeah. should kill her little helper guys on the side first. You got to kill her little helper guys. You got to, you know, it's, it's just a bunch of little howdy faces. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to kill her. You won't be able to. They heal right, right, right. her. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They got to, you know, and they're all just running around. It's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> 
but yeah, you know, it, it works if you're playing online. You get a team member with you. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're right. That's that's Father Marin, man. It's just like you know, he takes he takes care of her. You take care of the little right. little howdy guys. Right. And you gotta. This is this is you know one of those virtual reality things. So you gotta look all over. Right? You know, like this, there's one behind you. He's running oh, between your legs. That's and he's annoying. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And you look real stupid in the outside world, <laughs> standing in the middle of your living room, right. just being like, oh, 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 oh God. yeah. <laughs> People love to grab your shoulder because they're assholes. Right. But if you look directly up, there's an extra life, but you never do that. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, does that, right? You know, you look because you don't believe in God. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you look directly <laughs> up, there's life everlasting. <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, we're, we're, we're joking because that's not what the movie did. Right. Right? The movie didn't make it this big deal, this big reveal, mm-hmm. right? And that works. Like, cutting to Reagan and she just casually kind of, like, looks over. Uh-huh. Like, the camera treats this horrible visage as if we've already seen it. Right. And that – that makes it more horrible. Like, you mean this isn't a show put on for my benefit? This exists in that room, in that bed, irregardless of me? Mm-hmm. Am I the one who's not real? What the hell's going on? Yeah. Right? So you said it's iconic, right? Like, this has become mm-hmm. an icon. Yeah. I think it's interesting because you can really trace where, where like, some of these – things that have become iconic in film or literature, they're not meant to be, right? They're not designed with that in mind. So I'll give you an example. Like, so E.T. Mm. Phone Home right. is iconic, but they didn't think that when they were making it. They didn't think that mm. was going to be a catchphrase, and it was one of the catchphrases of the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to need a bigger boat. They did know that that they wanted to make that a catchphrase because Brody says it three or four times after that, right? Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he says, you're going to need a bigger boat. And then he comes, he, then he comes in and says, we're going to get a bigger boat, right? We're going to get a bigger mm-hmm. boat, right? So it's still funny, but like, you know, that one is is designed that way, right? Mm-hmm. Where E.T. Mm-hmm. Phone mm-hmm. Home, nobody knew that was going to be a thing that they'd put in TV commercials right. or whatever. Um, like um, uh, I See Dead People, right. they didn't think that was – because that's like – that's like one of those – like how how is that – how did that become a catchphrase, right? Like it's not very transportable into other <laughs> other areas right. of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it became something that people would say all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that is – I heard a joke somebody said. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that is one thing that um, The Sixth Sense and uh, Titanic mm-hmm. have in common. Yeah. I see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't mine, folks. It wasn't mine. Yeah, yeah um, but so like this isn't insisting upon itself. It doesn't seem to know that this is a famous look, yeah. right, of Reagan in the bed here. It doesn't think that okay, this is going to be Halloween costumes of this in the right. future. Or, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Funko Pops. What the hell is that? Yeah. Someone's gonna someone's gonna invent um, a really tedious mm-hmm. and an annoying. Uh, maze game on <laughs> on the internet, whatever that is, and people are going to play it, mm-hmm. and it's just going to bring out the asshole in everybody. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, but yeah, I like I like what you're saying here. It is very again underplayed, like we were saying a couple of minutes mm-hmm. ago about about um, Ellen Burstyn's performance in general. Like, like we're just being rather than trying to trying to like look at this. This is something right. to you're going to remember. This is going to haunt your dreams, right? And folks, like Linda Blair's acting, mm-hmm. she barely moves her head. Right. She looks, she looks exhausted. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that is like you know, it's like the hours of makeup and everything mm-hmm. like that. But, but like as if she's just been pitching up a fit before he got in there, and now she's like 
recuperating, right? right? Like, like that's what it is right there. It feels like this lull in action makes it feel like there was action beforehand. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. She, she looks like, um, yeah, she's in media rest, right? Like this, we're catching mm-hmm. her in the middle of stuff rather than, you know, okay, the door's opening, load those ones and zeros up and, and get exactly. ready. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like, like she just got done fighting with Carl as he like tied or he tried to tie new straps to her wrist. Right. Mm-hmm. And now, and now she's just brooding and Karis comes in and he gets no reaction. Mm-hmm. She is not at all surprised that he is here. You know, it's 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 like it's not like like who the fuck are you, mm-hmm. right? But it's also not like well 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 so it's you. That's that's book howdy, right? right. That's what he does. Right. That's bladdy and I love that, mm-hmm. but this this thing that that Friedkin is doing, this thing that Linda Blair is mm-hmm. doing is equally chilling in a different way. Right. And like to sort of exemplify this, this like like just just casually existing, right? Not being showy, not being performative. It feels like Karis is the one putting on the show here. He's mm-hmm. he's performing with this like introduction that he's doing. He's like, oh, hello, Reagan. I'm a friend of your mother. No, you're not. You guys just met, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd like to help you, right? All of that is is. Under the stare that she's given him, those words just seem so silly and right, empty, right. right? Like that's not that's not what he wants to say right now. And mm-hmm. she knows it. Like she sees him. She sees all of him in this moment. You know, we don't have the well, 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 but we don't need it, right? Because the next thing that she says, and she says it so uh, lazily, mm-hmm. like, like she doesn't even care that he's here, right. right? Like it's like, you might loosen these straps then. Yeah. You know- Thinking again about how this might fit into Friedkin's oeuvre, his canon, mm-hmm. his um, his body of work, you know, the French connection is also about, it's not about like big mythic cops who are great at solving crime. It's about cops who are really beat down and mm-hmm. and poor and as part of the system as anybody else. And they're mm-hmm. policing and, and endangering poor people and almost killing them because they're reckless and, and messy, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what this is here, right? It's not the big grand um, uh, urbane Mephistopheles, right, mm-hmm. of the book. Mm-hmm. This is like, oh, we have we got more of this going on here. All right, mm-hmm. I guess we better put on like a tete a tete, right? And then the mm-hmm. put the straps. In. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really tired, right? Yeah, like she, she, it's as if she already knows him, mm-hmm. knows why he is here, right? And doesn't give a shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and actually, yeah. Before we go on, I don't know. Um, are we saying the same thing? Or because I'm I'm still sensing a a kind of like a power and menace behind sure yeah, yeah. this performance mm-hmm, yeah um in, like I'm I'm trying to and maybe this is me maybe this mm-hmm. is because I have the book in my mind I'm trying to be like oh it's the same Captain Howdy but he's like performing differently I don't know like or but you're saying that it's like it's it's a little bit more. I like, I don't know if it's the same Captain Howdy as you were reading mm. it just now. Again, I haven't read the book because I'm a wuss. Uh, but, but but this one, I think this one we see have to ramp up into that, right? Like this one has to mm. get its energy going, mm. right? Like drink a monster and, and <laughs> do some jumping jacks, right? Because that happens in the scene, right? As we start mm. to get going. But, but at first, this just looks tired and like beaten down and like mm-hmm. uh, and like oh you know all right let's go through the motions and then it learns it remembers how to have fun again mm-hmm. yeah 
Right. When we get to like, what an excellent day for next, you know, I was or even by right? the end of this scene of like, you know, I'm going to fuck with you a little bit because maybe, yeah. maybe you'll be fun, but you don't look fun here at the beginning. That, okay. There we go. Now I can, now I can kind of like square the circle yeah. here. Right. Like this is like, yeah, you don't look very fun. Right. Like, like, okay, bring in, bring in the next thing. Oh, you. <laughs> right. Oh, a Greek, you know, something terrible, <laughs> some awful version of what he would do. Oh, God. <laughs> Why are you Greek and a Catholic? Hey, man, people are multifaceted. <laughs> oh, you people are all the same, really. Once you get down to it, you're all you're all shit factories, basically. Right, exactly. You shit and you barf, right? That's that. yeah. Like it's yeah. it's gonna have fun this demon, but not not at first. Not certainly not in this shot where they're they're just looking mm. at each other and sizing each other up. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, Karis is. He's still doing that act, right? Yeah. Like he's like, I'm afraid you might hurt yourself, Reagan, mm-hmm. right? He crosses the room, and once again, our camera follows him, revealing the rest of the room and also placing them physically in the same place, mm-hmm. right? We knew they were in the same room, of course, but like the close-ups allowed us this distance, right? Like we're, we're with each of them privately, mm-hmm. And now both of them are in the shot, in the room, right? He's at the foot of the bed, right? Or at the corner right. of the bed, right? At the foot of mm, its bed, right? right? Mm-hmm. And he has stepped right in front of her little table lamp. So now it looks like there's this like halo of light around him. Yeah. And then now with this wider shot, we get to see, oh, God, they have, they've stripped all the pictures off, right? Mm-hmm. All the all the clay and and um, Charlie Brown's you would have at this table, right? right? The Snoopy stuff. All the and, Snoopy yeah. stuff. Everything is gone. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, it, it looks like a padded cell, right? Yeah. 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 The bathroom is, is open, mm-hmm. like for just like easy, quick access, right? right. Because of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This is, this is not a room for Reagan McNeil anymore. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, you and know, without that stuff all over the wall, no more hidden howdies. No more hidden howdies. Yeah. yeah, just, w- it's just w- whatever the opposite out in the of open. Yeah, hidden is. Right? Apparent howdies. Apparent, apparent howdies. <laughs> <laughs> obvious howdies. Yeah, can you yeah. can you folks at home catch all the obvious howdies? <laughs> I see him. <laughs> He's in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> you become Dora the Explorer. <laughs> exactly. Do you see Captain Howdy? Well, yeah, like that's right. <laughs> yes, he's the only thing in this shot. <laughs> but yeah, it, like to that point, right? He says, "I'm not Reagan," mm-hmm. right, Captain Howdy? Right, right. right? Captain Howdy says, "I'm not Reagan." Again, no theatricality here, mm-hmm. right? It's no, it's like foolish mortal. I am not who you think I am. Right. It's like no. It's just, I'm not Reagan. She even uses a contraction. Mm -hmm. She doesn't say, I am not Reagan, right? Which would be kind of like biblical or whatever, right? right? It's like just real. It's just, I'm, I'm not Reagan. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we get this pause and we now get a sense that Karis is considering. He is regrouping. And as he does, look at Reagan's right hand. It was hidden in the folds of the bed, but now it comes out Mm -hmm. and it sort of like stretches the fingers and drums the fingers once on the edge of the bed. Almost almost like a a snake that's like coiling and getting ready to Mm -hmm. strike. It's kind of like uh, you know, like working out all the kinks, it's a, it's getting the blood flowing, right? You know. Yeah, I, um, I wondered if it's kind of like a sit here, buddy, like you know, like you might do. Oh, like like tap the bed means come over here. 
Ah, okay, yeah. Could, mm, yeah, it's like, come on in, yeah. But mm. what has he been doing with that hand before where it's tucked away? What a strange thing. I, yeah, I don't know. It's, I just can't really do much. No, time, I guess so. so, right? Those are the two things he could do to keep himself occupied for hours. Just, <laughs> <laughs> hand tucked, hand untucked, hand tucked, yep. hand untucked. Uh, here's the church. Here's the sta- <laughs> no, I hate those things. I forgot. <laughs> and he can't even do that because he can't bring no, his hands together. One yeah. hand, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one, two, three, four. I declare it. No, I win again. <laughs> it's just, it's just a moment of reflection. It's like this girl's got really small hands. <laughs> These are like, like really small hands. Like, it's well manicured, though. Like, good job, Chris. <laughs> or Reagan. I don't know. You, you know. You're growing up enough. You do your own nail. Do you do your own? Oh, wait. No, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Fingers drumming on the on the bed, mm-hmm. right? And Karis turns away. Folks, again, I'm trying to decide if there's a pattern here with Karis looking away or turning away when he speaks mm-hmm. or when he hears some kind of truth, right? I noticed it when when he talks to Chris and now Reagan, but it's 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 only on certain lines. Um, I don't think it's the same as when other characters like can't look Chris in mm-hmm. in the eye, right? Like Doctor Klein or whoever, right? Right. Um, I know we brought that up in the past. I don't think that's the case here with Karis. I think he does it for a different reason, or or maybe I'm just trying to see patterns here where there are no patterns. Mm-hmm. I'll have to keep an eye out now um, that we've introduced this new character for him to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, we so also he, have him putting on sort of a different mask that we have not really been able to see. So this hmm. is him as psychiatrist, right? Yes. So we've only got a glimpse of that with the other priest on M Street that Chris overhears, and that's in a profile mm-hmm. shot. We don't quite get to see the whole interaction right but this is Karis going in thinking i'm helping a little girl who is sick right right so he we have not seen Karis in this mode before right yes and and to kind of um to to highlight that he leaves that halo of light mm-hmm. right? which is mm-hmm. like that's that's the priestly light right and then he walks deeper into that room and now he is directly at the foot of that bed mm-hmm. Um, and he says, well, then let's introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Karras. Mm-hmm. Not I'm Father Karras. Not I'm Dr. Karras. Right. I'm Damien Karras. Right. I'm on right? the track team at Georgetown is probably what yeah. it looks like because that's what, is, right? what he's wearing. Because he's wearing the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm trying to recruit you for the track yeah. team. <laughs> you know, I asked, I said, who runs this house? And, uh, you know. yeah. Who runs down the stairs backwards on, on all fours? That's what I we mean, need. Uh, They're know. making a new uh, new event at the Olympics. So we need mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we call it, you know, hey, you know, before you spider run, you got to you gotta spider walk, right? Exactly. <laughs> and you'll be great. You know, it's like, just go up to the opponents and be like, you're going to lose out there. And then just piss all over the floor. <laughs> and you'll be lighter and more aerodynamic. That's it's going to be great. A very good point. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so he says, I'm Damien Karras. Mm-hmm. And then we get a really interesting shot yeah. here, almost almost as if we're hiding behind Karras. Mm-hmm. Like his body is out of focus, but he, it takes up half the screen, actually more than half. But we don't notice that, folks. You know what shot I'm talking about. Like you see it in your mind's eye. Do you remember that more than half the screen is obscured by Karras's body? I certainly didn't. Right. Even now, all I see in my mind is that face as Reagan or something else says, and I'm the devil now kindly undo these straps yeah i think that again speaks to your point that we were talking about earlier of like how casual it is like this is this is iconic imagery but again how how that happened 
you know, despite the the filmmakers' attempt to make it seem normal, right? Mm-hmm. Like to make it right. seem like like we're watching reality rather. So we have this right. really famous line, this really famous shot of Reagan's face, but it's mostly not not mostly, but but largely covered by uh, the back of Karis. It's all mm-hmm. more than half the screen is black. Yeah. Again, different from the book, folks. Mm-hmm. The the book the book Howdy is cordial. Mm-hmm. It's he he's conversational, right? The conversation is a game they're playing, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I'm the devil, right? And then, and Karis is yes ending. Or he's like, oh, mm-hmm. you're the devil. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, all right. Now now we can have a chat. Yes, yes, a nice chat, right? And, and they're sort of like both nodding and winking at each other, right? Like here, it's more abrupt, right? It's, it, it's more vicious. Keenan, what, yeah, what do we make of this sudden burst of anger here? Why does Howdy suddenly explode like this? Is he just fed up with Karis or is this part of, is this part of the act? Like- I, you know, so we have to, <laughs> we don't get um, into the lore, like we don't get information about this, right? Like, is it, mm. is it, does Captain Howdy hurt when Reagan is hurt, right? Which is a sort of mm. fundamental question you'd have to think about if you were, you're right. Like, so does he really care about these straps or not? Right. In this version, where in the movie where we're trying to build this ambiguity, right? We're trying to mm-hmm. we're trying to like see this from Damien's point of view of like, you know, there's some answers that Howdy gives where it's like, okay, that that totally feels like a 13 year old, um, you know, girl doing something like the Crucible Girls, right? And like pretending, right. and then the very next line is something like, "Whoa, that shouldn't be. <laughs> that doesn't fit with that <laughs> previous hypothesis, right?" And so I think I think it's meant to keep us off guard that we have this sudden outburst of like, "Ah, and violent, and I'm the devil, and you know, you're going to do what I mm. want, right?" Um, so it's sort of all over the place. I think that's the strategy here. Interesting. Okay. How can mm. how can Damien? You know, what's he? And we're going to see that obviously, but what's he going to think when he's done with this um, with this conversation? Yeah. Like like there's nothing to latch on to hmm. that wow that actually i think that might go up against mm-hmm. uh, the the next thing in my notes but mm-hmm. we'll have to oh, see okay. mm-hmm. um or or maybe it jives perfectly with it well, okay it's yeah chaos. Let's, um, it's chaos <laughs> chaos reigns mm-hmm. um but yeah like okay i can't remember exactly where i heard mm-hmm. it but i remember someone saying in an argument the person who is not shouting is the one in control right Right. And it certainly seems as if Karis has gained the upper hand here for a moment. Mm-hmm. Right. We cut to his face and he says, well, if you're the devil, why not make the straps disappear? Right. right? Mm-hmm. He seems like like he's in control, like he's the calm one, like none of this is phasing him. Right. Like you say, like he's Dr. Karis. He is the psychiatrist mm-hmm. talking to this girl. Right. And she's eh, she's almost kind of like throwing a tantrum here. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And he says, like, I'm the, like, this is this is my fantasy. You need to buy into my <laughs> yeah, fantasy. Exactly. I'm the devil. You're not validating me. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And. And he says this line like, oh, well, you know, let's let's do this. Let's let's walk through this. Right. As a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. I'm going to make you realize that you're not the devil. Right. Right. That you're that you're hurting in some way. And then and then we can talk about that. But if I told you that you would fight me. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have you realize that. Right. Right. And in any other situation where there wasn't an actual demon, (laughs) maybe that'd work. Right. (laughs) But that's I, I think that's like half of his, uh, of, of the, um, I guess the motivation behind his words right now. Right. But take a look at his face right before we cut away, right after he finishes talking. His features come to rest, but you can see in his eyes this tiny spark of, like, longing. Mm-hmm. Is he maybe about to witness 
a miracle? Mm-hmm. Is the devil mm-hmm. going to make the straps disappear? Would mm-hmm. that would that be enough to get him to believe? Right. No, it wouldn't actually because he's charismatic. <laughs> but then then we cut back to Reagan. And here too, even under all that makeup, even with those contacts, mm-hmm. we can see this look of disdain. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you? Right? <laughs> that look seems to say, like, like Keenan, I'm I'm reminded again, right, of our Mephistopheles right. here, right? Mm-hmm. With with Faust and and him being like incredulous and frustrated mm-hmm. with how thick Faust is being, right? Yeah. Like again, like a little different from the book, how do, how he sort of dismisses it. You know, this, this, like, oh, if you did the devil, why not make the straps disappear? Mm-hmm. Right. But he's not outwardly offended right. here. It's like, it here, it's like, how he's like, did I fucking stutter? Right. Did you, did you not hear that I'm the fucking, you want, you want me to do tricks? <laughs> right. As opposed to, as opposed to like, oh, you know, oh, what, that's an interesting, you know, oh, I see your move. Very good. Good chum. Right. Very good yeah. move here. Right. That's so interesting. But I've already thought about that and I have this one instead. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's the book, right? Yes. This one, this one's like, like Karis makes a move on the chessboard mm-hmm. and, and Howdy looks at him and is like, you think I'm fucking stupid? Right. Howdy eats a couple of pieces and shits them out. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think of your move. Now play the game right. Jeez. <laughs> now, after this, right? Let's, let's, like, that's that's much too vulgar a display of power, <laughs> Karis, right? And the way and the way the way he says Karis, right? Like like he's like he's spitting out that, right? right. He's spitting his name out at him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and Karis sort of like draws back with with this little uh, like a smirk or maybe a grimace. Yeah. Like you can read it either way. Like it can be it could be both things. Like like first it can be like ah huh just as I thought, right? This ain't no devil, right? Just a crazy girl. Or it could be like disappointment at that same thing. It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's just a girl. It's, it's not a the girl. girl right? right. Yeah. There, there is, there is this fun that Jason Miller is having in this, like, like, um, mm. um, like, so it is interesting. So he's sort of pulling, you know, what Damien in the book is doing, right. Of like, mm. oh, this is a, this is an interesting intellectual tete-a-tete, except his, mm. his Pazuzu, his Captain Howdy is not mm-hmm. having fun. Right. So, right. so, so that's a really interesting way that we get there. I think where, where yeah. Jason Miller, you know, has read the book and, and sort of understands this or whatever. But then as mm. we cut these performances together, you know, what Linda Blair is doing with William Friedkin and, and now it's like, it's scary for Karis even. It's like, he's playing the wrong game. Yeah. yeah he's playing, he thinks he's playing chess, but he's playing Russian roulette. Right. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That's a, Ooh, that is a really good metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And he asks, Where's Reagan? Because he doesn't know what else to do, right? right? right like right. it's like after that that uh, explanation, it's like that's much too vulgar a display of power, mm-hmm. Karis, right? And he and he, you know, he's like, okay, uh, next thing, where's Reagan? Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's my next card that I'm going to draw. Yeah. here. Yes, right. <laughs> and just again, in here with us, no longer shouting. In fact, the demon says it with like no emotion at all. Right. Like he's very dead. Yeah. Right? In the script um, here. Well, first of all, I didn't say this in the script. It says Reagan dash demon. Oh, so it's sort of you know, uh, you know, I think that helps us see what we're seeing. You know, this is a Reagan demon yeah. instead of Reagan. But Reagan mm-hmm. demon says she is in here with us, my friend. We are Legion with a capital L. Interesting. <laughs> I know. I know. Our buddy Ian mm-hmm. has called me out before on how many times I say interesting, but this right here <laughs> is really. 
So well, what does so, Ian want like, us to do? Uh, look at look at less interesting material. <laughs> I have you know what? no thoughts on that. You know what the problem is? <laughs> this movie is too interesting. Yeah. But no, okay. So 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 Keenan, you're saying that uh the, the the demon says we are legion. We are legion with a capital L. With a capital uh, as if as if an, <laughs> as if it's a name. Right. Like what is the movie ah. audience meant to think of that? Like the film audience, you know, if you don't know Le- we've talked about Legion on that, we're being facetious. Yes. <laughs> but in the book, right, that's it starts off with the story of Legion. We are Legion. Right. Um so that if you don't know, you know, maybe you'll go to your Bible, because it gives you the chapter and verse. <laughs> it's like it's like we'll go to your Bible and see what Legion is, right? In a movie, I don't know if that's gonna work without a further explanation of of why it's called why it's calling itself legion right yeah um and I, I, like i'm remembering now like in the book he's like oh you know it was like you know we're quite a stunning little multitude uh-huh. in the piglet now right. you know it's like but he doesn't say legion interesting in in that oh i'm sorry he doesn't say legion cool <laughs> i didn't notice that you say interesting a lot that's that's I don't oh know i do i do oh. now now i hear it all the time <laughs> wow, that's, yeah but but legion yeah um yeah, I don't know if that works in the movie here. Like, so I, that mm. might be why they cut it out. I mean, I don't. Right. I'm reading the script as we're going scene by scene, so I don't know if um, later on in the script it's going to be like, you know, you know, father, <laughs> like, like Legion from the Bible, Legion, right. Legion from the Bible. He's suddenly, he's suddenly, um, uh, Robert Dangerfield. Like, yo, hey, hey yo. <laughs> it's like Legion from what the did... Bible. He's like the fiftieth most important character in the Gospels. Remember. <laughs> Reagan, Reagan, honey, where did you get that cigar? I just like, <laughs> you know, we, you know, we talked about like, okay, before the the book and the movie, The Exorcist, were people talking about The Exorcist? Right. I don't know how much they talked about Legion as a character because I, I was sort of joking about, you know, he's he's the fiftieth, but like, he's not Lazarus, he's not John mm-hmm. the Baptist, he's not Pontius Pilate, right? It, it, mm-hmm. He's not one of the the several Marthas and Marys <laughs> who, <laughs> who get lumped together because we have so many of them, right? Like, like I don't know how much that was on the Catholic or Christian um, mind, let alone the general audience. You know, what right. right. Yeah. And such a, such a, an fascinating. <laughs> when we're looking at all the names of all the demons mm-hmm. and stuff like that, right. right. That one, that one really, really interests me just because it, it can be taken Either way, it can be like that is that is many many demons, mm-hmm. or it's one demon with like many I don't know many mouths and many faces and many like you know like facets right mm-hmm. like all these different personalities and stuff like that right like this this hive mind or something like that right yeah and I'm thinking about like okay where does that title the name come from but of course it would come from like the Roman legion I would imagine exactly right? so yeah. so that's the actual historical like like yeah folks like if you if you like translate the Bible mm-hmm. and you you know you go into history and everything like that you find uh, that a lot of the a lot of the demons are actually just regular things <laughs> that people hated. Uh, okay, so you know, like the Romans. Like the Romans, so it's like the Roman Legion, right? Yeah, 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 hmm. yeah, right, right. Or, or like, um, you know, uh, a feeling of of um, of worthlessness or Belial, right? Is mm-hmm. just like depression, right? right? Yeah. Or, or hey, stop being such a Satan over there. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, right. But yeah, so he's not Legion in the in the movie, um, as far as I'm aware. Interesting. God damn it. <laughs> All, All right. right. Okay, so so he has asked, like, where's Reagan, mm-hmm. right? And and uh Howdy says, in here with us. Like no longer shouting, mm-hmm. right? Like like we said, like it's it's very it's just like a dead kind of matter of fact thing. Right. Um and then we get another cut 
And we're back over Karis's shoulder, back at the foot of that bed. But he has already started to walk away again as he says, show me Reagan and I'll undo one of the straps. And unfortunately, that is where our minute ends. But folks, we have finally made it. We can finally talk about our fourth, eh, perhaps final actress called upon to give life to this character. Mm -hmm. We have been teasing you with this, but she is finally in here with us. (laughs) I am speaking, of course, about none other than the illustrious Mercedes McCambridge icon of stage, screen, and radio. Uh, Keenan, like, we we couldn't wait to talk about her. I'm uh, gonna hand this over to you. Can you tell us a little bit about this, like, Hollywood legend? Yeah, one of my favorite actors. Um, So she is, yeah, as you say, a radio performer, first and foremost. I think that's gonna uh, really color how how we see her. Um, so you know, mm. you you or hear, or hear her. her exactly. Like, yeah. So you, like you say when you talk about yourself, you're like, I'm an actor. I'm also a voice actor. Like you make that distinction, mm-hmm. right? Um, right. So she was one of the original voice actors. So you know, she was mm. um, on the radio in the 1930s while she was performing on Broadway, um, and then she would star in shows like Defense Attorney, which was an ABC mm. show on the radio. Um, so in film, she gets to us uh, by one of her very first movies all the king's men actually it is her first movie all the king's ah, men yes. yeah where she wins mm. an oscar so so you can look at lists sometimes of like oh who who are people who won oscars for their very first performance and we hate those mm. people don't we yeah but she's one of them and so she won um for all the all the king's men where she plays this political fixer but she's a Mm. woman and she is very tough and she's very edgy um and Mm. a lot of her performances uh, especially her most famous performances um are essentially coded queer characters she wasn't queer in her Mm. real life but that we Mm. know about but she was tough looking she often wore her hair very short and she would be playing in traditionally masculine roles like in Mm. uh probably her most famous movie is giant um, which is mm. this long Texas epic, and she is the uh, she is the sister in law of Elizabeth Taylor, and Elizabeth Taylor is brought to Texas from Connecticut, and they're like exact opposites, right? Elizabeth Taylor is prissy and a princess, right? And Mercedes right. McCambridge is like you don't know how to ride a horse, you can't wear jeans, right? You don't know how to do mm. any of that stuff. So, um, mm. so those are her two, uh, you know most famous roles on on screen. Yeah. Uh, and then she's also in things that have become bigger hits uh, overall, um, like Johnny Guitar, where she plays a mm. female gunfighter. And that movie is really interesting because it is Joan Crawford and her um, as female mm. gunfighters who are, you know, fighting each other, which again is not typical for the time and then has become hailed by like... Uh, queer theorists and queer audience are like, this right. is clearly about lesbians, no matter what the movie is telling you it is about, <laughs> right? That, mm-hmm, that we're fighting mm-hmm. over a man. No, we're really like can't express our own forbidden love. And so we're fighting with each other over it. Mm-hmm. And then in like things like Orson Welles' Touch of Evil, she would be in like a leather jacket and um, be right. a kind of a sexual deviant who is uh, trying to watch them as they um, terrorize, sexually terrorize Janet Lee. And so she's in a lot of mm-hmm. these roles mm-hmm. where she's very masculine. Um, and I bring yeah. that up because that is the kind of voice that free was looking for when he cast Machina Cambridge. As we say in the book and in the screenplay, oftentimes we're supposed to mistake the voice for a male voice that's coming out of Pazuzu or Captain Howdy. In both of them, they say that it's like it's a deep bass. It's it's you know the typical stereotypical mm-hmm. you know devil that you would you know that yeah, type and you know why that would be why you'd want that because it's a little girl who is able to mm-hmm. give out you right the the voice of James Earl Jones like like it's a sign right. that something is not right right. 
Right. So Mercedes McCambridge is kind of this compromise between, you know, feminine and masculine. It's really interesting right. for me. Because they also, they, they tried that mm-hmm. first. Before they got Mercedes McCambridge, they tried, um, I, oh, I forget who it was, but they tried somebody else's voice it was, and it was a man's right. voice. And they, and they did the, you know, they, they, they made it lower and they were, it just sounds too, you know, like, like, like the two Halloween. Yes, you know? exactly. Um, so Mercedes McCambridge is older at this point that, you know, she was most famous on radio in the thirties and forties than in film in the forties uh, and fifties. Right. So she's a little mm. bit older. So she doesn't have a voice necessarily. Even if you were a fan of hers, you wouldn't necessarily recognize that that is Mercedes right. McCambridge. Um, we're also going to modulate it slightly, but the big change mm. uh, from her regular voice is that uh, Mercedes McCambridge um, decided that she would go, uh, uh, against her um, against her personal beliefs because she had been sobered mm. up. She had uh, been a terrible alcoholic and got sober and had not touched uh, alcohol for at least a decade. It, it'll sort of vary depending on which story that you're hearing and reading. Um, but mm. she was... Um, she was struggling with her alcoholism. And then in 1969, as she says, she achieved sobriety, right? So she'd been struggling mm. with it for a long time and then had gotten at least two or three, three or four years sober at this point, um, which is a really right. delicate period, right? It's not quite 10 years mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, that's become part of me, et cetera. Yeah. Right. And so when she got this part, she said, well, you know, Billy, what we're going to have to do is you're going to have to, when I'm tied up, you're going to have to tie me up to a physical chair, right? We're going to really mm-hmm. get into it. As someone who understands the the voice and what it takes, right? She's like, I can't be standing at a music stand like we would normally do. I need to be tied right. up and I need to be in a really bad place emotionally, but also, you know, ruin my voice essentially with alcohol. Mm. Um, so that's what they did. And uh, I... I don't know if I could do and, that. And swallowing raw Swallowing raw. Well, everything, 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 the opposite of everything that Lester does to get ready for this podcast. <laughs> all the stuff, all the, you know, as, as a little, you know, as a good little voice actor, right. you know, sitting in all of those classes and them telling you how to take care of your mm-hmm. voice. Um, yeah. It, Mercedes McCambridge just did the opposite did the of all of those things. opposite. Yeah. Smoking. Oh, and, yeah. yeah like, and stuff that she had not done in a, in a long time. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to keep track of Mercedes McCambridge on the show and again talk about like credit, the debate about Eileen Dietz and Mercedes McCambridge right. and Linda Blair and who is really the performer here. Of Spoiler, but yes. on my beliefs, they all are. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then also talk about some of the lore around her family tragedies, which is really sad. Mm. Um, and that, you know, because of the stature of the exorcist, we want to believe the movie is haunted. It, it's sort of fun for us to think about mm. that, right? People take in... Um, her personal tragedies, Machine to Cambridge's life, and then also in Blatty's life. And, you know, we want to make a narrative around that. Right, right. Yeah. And we, and we might, yeah. Um, I don't know if, if we'll, we'll devote an episode to, like, The Exorcist Curse, mm-hmm. but, um, but we, it'll, it'll come up it'll again. It'll come up again, yeah. Sure, and hers folks. is particularly yeah, yeah. terrible, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if you, if you want to jump ahead and uh, spoil <laughs> that for yourself. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, like going back to, uh, yeah, guys, if you get a chance and I might even, uh, uh, post it mm-hmm. up on the, uh, in, in the listener group, but, um, yeah. Um, when I was, uh, searching for, uh, Mercedes McCambridge in her other mm-hmm. roles, I found a little snippet of all the King's mm-hmm. men and there's, especially in that scene, I mean, you know, she, she's, you know, this young pretty mm-hmm. Judy Garland. Type, she looks, uh, that is exactly right. She looks like the butch version of, of Judy Garland. 
Yes, yes. right? Like, you would not believe, it's like, if I showed you that's the voice mm-hmm. of the demon, you'd be like, no, 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 I'm sorry, no, right? right? It's like, yeah, but I mean, she's much older, but like, right. you'd still be like, no, until the very end of that clip, I got to find that exact clip, um, where she's having this argument with a man, mm-hmm. and the man slaps her, mm-hmm. and instead of like acting like, you know, the the kind of like the stereotypical, like, um, you know, Hollywood w- version of a woman would act right. like when slapped, she laughs at him. Mm-hmm. And that, la- you just hear that, was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and you're like, oh, there it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so like you can, you can catch, you know, uh, Captain Howdy's voice in that little laugh at the very end. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll definitely post that up there. Good. That's super fun. That's a, that mm-hmm. is, even though it's an, um, an Oscar winning best picture, it is one of the lesser remembered ones. And I think it still mm-hmm. holds up today. So take a look at that. There we go. Um, all right, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can find me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. And you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yes. And we are on all the socials. The Exorcist Minute is on them. Um, We're on Instagram. We are on TikTok. We're on Twitter, right? That's just at Exorcist Minute, right? And we also uh, got our listener group on Facebook called Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join. And we will let you, hey, it's in this minute. We'll let you in here with us. (laughs) Um, And thank you so much to everyone who has uh, shared the show by word of mouth or on social media. And a big thank you to everyone who's given us uh, a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to the show. We really appreciate it. That's going to help our little show grow and find more cool people like yourselves. Okay, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the the power power of Ian compels you. He also, he sent me a text message today. He's like, um, you know, one thing, uh, one other thing I noticed is that uh, Lester, Lester asks a question on the show and then he answers it before anybody else can answer that. What do you think of that? <laughs> that's I'll just... tell you what I think of that. <laughs> that's a very, com- that's, that's a very common teaching method. That is a, that is not, it says we're both teachers. That's not you being mm-hmm. a jerk. Mm-hmm. That is, <laughs> that's a methodology. Yeah. yeah. Or, or another way of thinking of it, Keenan, is that's a very common teaching method. <laughs> uh, 